Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, welcome everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. I am your host, Shane Grove. Um, and again, Jason, the super producer, is, I hate to say it, he's busy working right now because we're recording this during the day. And, uh, you know, us government employees, uh, we it's so cushy. I got off early. I didn't, well, I didn't even have to work today. That's how good I got it, working for the government. So uh, all my fellow government employees are rolling their eyes right now. But, uh, but so it's just, uh, no Jason super producer, but, uh, he should be back for our next episode. Um, but before we get started with our guest, uh, I just want to remind everybody that if you, uh, if you want to try to uh, follow us or uh, connect with us or send us a story or whatever, you can find us on, uh, from the shadows on Facebook. You can find our forum page after the shadows on Facebook uh, you can find me, Shane Grove, author, uh, on Instagram, or you can find us at the uh, From the Shadows podcast Instagram page, or just a good old-fashioned website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. Hit the contact button. It'll send me an email, um, and we love getting emails from, from listeners and, uh, you know, that just want to uh, say hey or share an experience or whatever, if, and if you've got an experience, I'll, I'll get a hold of you. Um, and don't forget that you can also get some of our extra content on the Patreon page. You just go to From the Shadows podcast uh, on Patreon. You can see what's all up there. Uh, I think we put all put all of our uh, episodes up a try a day early. I know some uh, we've had a little bit of trouble with some of these uh, some of this technology, but uh, you know it's we're trying to get it straightened out. Nothing ever. Everything works great until it doesn't work, you know. So, uh, so yes, uh, you can go check it, check stuff out there on the Patreon page, and we put up some extra episodes and some bonus stuff. So, um, so with that all being said, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to talking to, uh, trying to connect with this with this guest of ours today, um, from the uh, from the great state of Utah. And everybody that listens knows how much fun I've had in Utah in the last 
month or so, including the speeding ticket, but we will not talk about that. I want to welcome Jordan from the great state of Utah. Jordan, welcome. Hi, thank you. Happy to be on with you. <laughs> well, we're, well, I'm glad. To, I'm glad to. Uh, I'm glad to have you on. And I think I think you've reached out to me on. Um, you reminded me because I'm terrible with remembering stuff through Instagram. I, probably when we were just got back from Utah, or we were still out there in Utah. Um, you just barely got back. Yeah, just barely got back. And I, I have mixed emotions about uh, about you waiting until we just got back because. I think you've got a couple, couple cool stories from out in Utah that you want to share. That uh, might have been, I might have been, you know, talked into checking out while I was out there because I did a lot of stupid stuff in Utah. So <laughs> I probably could have been talked into going and seeing where, you know, you had these uh, these different experiences. So, so do you want to share with everybody like uh, what it was you reached out and uh, told me? Yeah, absolutely. I was hoping to catch you while you were still here. I, I didn't realize that I was um, listening to that the episode of, about Moab when you were already back. I, I thought I was right on target with why you were still here, but uh, that's, that's unfortunate because that would have been cool to take you out and show you where I had my sighting. But yeah, I, you mean leave me where you had your sight, or you mean show me? Okay, you didn't say leave. <laughs> okay, okay. Yep, just show you. Okay. But uh, yeah, so it. I guess I could start with. Uh, kind of, I let off with the, the Sasquatch sighting um, here in, in Utah, out out in the West Desert. Um, which it's it's weird to say Sasquatch sighting in the West Desert because normally you're, and in Utah you're you're associating those kind of sightings with. Uh, the Wasatch Mountains or the or the Uintas, um, and getting getting way up in those uh, high elevation alpine environments. But um, truth be told, you get out into the Stansburys uh, where I was at, and you can transition from this uh, kind of a high desert environment to uh, an alpine environment within that in that range if you're standing on the outside of that range and just kind of down in the lower foothills, everything, it looks, looks like desert. There's just a lot of cedar trees and there's sagebrush and, um, lots of rocks and, you know, what you'd expect to see in the desert. And, but as you go up further in that area, there's, there's, there's lakes, there's pine trees, there's, it just, it starts to look like the winters or the Wasatch but it's just this kind of an island uh, mountain range. If you ever look it up, the, the Stansbury Mountains in Utah, you'll you'll notice that there's just desert on both sides of it, and uh, not much in way of cities or anything either. Uh, and my sighting happened um, down towards the southern end of of the range, uh, and it's a it's a lower portion of the range, and so this canyons not like some canyons you'd expect to drive through where there's lots of sheer rock on both sides um there is in some parts but mostly it feels like just really deep foothills uh but the siding happened right at the top of that and it was about 4 30 4 30 a.m um last year uh, we were on our way back from 
I guess I should give the context why we're even out there at 4.30 a.m. We had started the night by road cruising. And what we mean by road cruising, when I I say that, is it's uh, we'll drive these desert stretches of road at night with the brights on looking for snakes because they'll kind of just come across um they'll come across the the road they don't know what the road is that but they they get to the road and the asphalt's warm from the the daytime sun but but jordan jordan just let me stop you right there go ahead they don't know what the road is but you know what snakes are so why are you why are you out (laughs) at four o'clock in the morning looking for snakes i mean this is the craziest when you when we first started talking i was like who this guy's the craziest person I know. Like it's either <laughs> swimming with sharks or looking for snakes. I don't, I don't understand. What's, what's the deal? Well, I can't relate to the, sh- the swimming with sharks. Um, that's something I, 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 I won't do, but, uh, <laughs> but I will go looking for snakes. I don't um, understand it. I think they'd go hand in hand, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it just takes a little, a little learning about them and understanding their behavior. And then you're, and then you realize they're not so bad, and that's uh, kind of the special little trick there. Definitely not for everybody, but if you take the time to understand them, you can get used to them. I gotta, I gotta think. Didn't didn't uh, Quint say that in Jaws to uh, to those guys where <laughs> they went out? It just takes a little understanding. Come on, okay. I, I think so. Okay, all right, all right. We've digressed enough. So, so you're out. Looking for snakes, which I okay more I that's just something I I can't you know I I would drive I will tell you I'll drive if you're jumping out to grab the snakes but go ahead so you're out looking for snakes okay. <laughs> yeah we're we're out looking for the uh, harder to find species that are that are out there and uh, and they'll just kind of stop on the road and we'll get out and take pictures of them. And, and uh, in a way, just for fun, kind of document what we're finding and then move them off the road and be on our way. And, and uh, there comes a point in the night where it just kind of starts to wane off and there's yeah nothing. Time to go home and go to bed kind of thing. And so we, we make our way down to the uh, southern end of the valley. And then before the Army base, we and some people listening might know what Dugway is. Um, uh, there's the army base out there, but we'll we'll turn from that and head up to the canyon. And at this point, we'll still drive slow as we're going to the canyon because we found we found snakes there before, uh, um, and so we don't want to run them over. So we'll we'll keep going slow, about 20 miles an hour. And uh, we had a and and there's deer, um, there's antelope kind of down in the valley, pronghorn. And then as you get up into the canyon, there's a deer, and you don't want to hit one of those either. Um, that'll mess up your car. And so I wasn't aiming to mess up my wife's Subaru uh, either. I'd be in hot water if I did that. And so we, uh, we're driving slow, trying to, you know, dodging deer. We're seeing the eye shine from deer as we're going up the canyon. And, and again, we're only going 20 miles an hour. And uh, another car came around us. Uh, as we're going up the canyon and going way too fast, you know, we we weren't going fast enough for them, but they were definitely going faster than you should in this canyon. It's full of blind turns, and 
Um, the reason I mentioned this is because I think this car speeding ahead of us kind of set the siding up um, because what this turns out to be is a road crossing siding. And as we get to the canyon, this car had already gone up and around this blind blind bend at the very top of the canyon. And uh, and when I say top of the canyon, it, it's not very, very it's not very high. Uh, you know, on one on one side the the hill goes um, up about ten feet, and then and then levels out to a, a smoother gradient that continues gently up to the mountain. Um, and then on the other side, it drops down about five to eight feet or so uh but on a on a on this kind of a steep angle that if you were to walk down you have to sidestep um so it's it's nothing sheer or scary or crazy up there but that's what the top of the canyon kind of looks like to kind of give some imagery there and so as we come to the top we're going slow and we've been seeing deer and we see eye shine ahead of us as we round this, this this bend at the top. And, and so we start to slow down more because it's not moving. We don't want, you know, we're thinking it's a deer. We don't want it to run out in front of us. And my friend that was with me in the passenger seat is seeing the same thing. And and then the next the next thing, I'm, I'm starting to slow down even more, 20 to 15, because this still don't know what this deer is going to do. And as we start slowing down, all of a sudden this eye shine that looks like it's at about, you know, deer's um, head height level, plus it's kind of standing over the edge of, uh, over the edge of the road base where it drops off. And so it's, what we're thinking is the deer is probably drop its head or eye levels kind of lower than it would be, um, you know, maybe, maybe four feet above the road base is what it looked like is what it seemed like um hard to you know just an estimate hard to measure from just eyeing it but we see this low kind of eye level what we're thinking is a deer all of a sudden raise up to about a seven foot level straight up and then we're okay this is not a deer <laughs> and and then it starts and then it starts walking so at this point we're we're almost coming to a complete stop um, we're at maybe 10, five miles an hour as we're passing this thing on an angle and it's walking away from us on an angle down, down the, uh, down the slope and the, the eye shine, um, was like, uh, it had a lot of green in it. It was very similar to a lot of animals. Eye shine you'll see, um, but more green than yellow, but there was still some yellow in there. And, but aside from the color, uh, it was the size of the eye shine that really threw us off um, even before this thing stood up. You could just tell the eyes were, uh, the, well, I don't know if you can tell the eyes were bigger, but the eye shine was bigger than uh, uh, what you'd see on a deer usually. And then the eyes were closer together. And so that, that was another thing that was really weird was the size and the eyes. But then once it stood up, I mean, that didn't help any anything i, I kind of was pretty sure what i was looking at based on things i've listened to and other road cross road crossing sightings i'd heard um and i, I turned to my friend and his jaw's already hanging on the floor and he he's he's yelling did you see that did you see that 
And I said, well, yeah, I saw it. That's why I was turning to look and see if you were seeing the same thing. And so, <laughs> and so it was so on validating his, each other. So it was on his side, though, right? So, yeah, yeah. Right? So, and, and the windows so, were down. Oh, boy. Okay. So, so did you guys stop or did you guys just keep on going? Yeah. So I'm already in the mode of jumping and getting out of stopping, getting out of the car because what we were doing was snakes all night. And so I had my headlamp around my neck, ready to put it up on my forehead. And, uh, we had the windows down and, and this is why I mentioned the windows were down because when I stopped my friend in the passenger seat and the other guy in the back seat, the other guy in the back seat didn't know what was going on. He was looking at his phone, trying to keep him getting motion sickness. And, and, uh, so he had no idea other than my, my friend in the passenger's freaking out and so they they start rolling their windows up because i'm i stopped the car and i'm getting out to go to the edge of the road to shine my headlamp down and see where you know if i can get another look at this thing and they're yelling at me what are you doing what are you doing get back in the car didn't you see that <laughs> i said well yeah i saw it. that's why i want to get another look <laughs> i didn't get a good enough look and that kind of got me nervous because they're freaking out and then plus we're in the middle of a road on a in a canyon where people drive too fast and so I, I had to I had to get back in the car and get and get moving, but um, in a way they kind of made a point. <laughs> it probably was the best decision to go following that following these creatures, but uh, it didn't feel any immediate, immediate danger. Um, it, I mean, it, it was moving away from us, so that uh, seemed like a, a good enough decision to at least go to the edge of the road and shine the light down down the slope. But they weren't having any part of it. <laughs> well, I got to be honest. It, I think it'd be, yeah, I think it'd be a lot safer to do that than to run out and try to grab a picture of a snake in the middle of the road. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the dude in the backseat was oblivious. He never even saw anything. Uh, uh-uh, unfortunately. Oh, and he, he he kicks himself for being on his phone, but he was. At least he was trying to keep from getting motion sickness. He wasn't just scrolling for fun. So, so okay. So let me ask you. So, d- your friend that was sitting there. So he obviously on the on the passenger side. He probably got to see it a little bit longer than you did, right? Exactly right. Yeah, and, and I don't know why he waited to tell me. It's just the nature of these sightings, I guess. That's uh, just so shocking to people. It was a couple months later that, um, oh, let's see, more than a couple months later, we were on our way out there in December. Um, so this sighting was in July of last year, and then we went out in July in December um, after I'd, I'd been doing some research and different things. Uh, I wanted to go out and try some some vocalizations, some different things, see if we could you know, get a response. And we're on our way driving out there in December. And he, he finally tells me that he's like, yeah, we saw it on the side of the road, but that's the first place you saw it. And I said, what do you mean? He says, we came around the bend. He said, I saw it in the middle of the headlights standing in the middle of the road. And I told him, I said, hold on a minute. Are you telling me you saw it from the ground up from the feet to the head? He said, yeah. And he said, the thing was huge. And, you know, we, I could tell it was, was huge just based on where I was seeing it on the side of the road because I saw from the knees to the head 
and it, it it was still towering above the road base just with its you know being a few feet over the uh, over the edge of the road down the slope and uh, that was that was one indicator of the height um but uh, other than him just being the the initial shock i don't know what took him so long to tell me that he he saw the feet from feet to head <laughs> uh, i don't know well, what he meant the first night but maybe he thought i mean maybe he thought you saw it too since you were driving probably and you're probably right i mean you're probably right on by saying that that car tearing off around you and you know blowing by you i mean the, the thing probably i mean it's desolate out there for sure and uh it probably was used to seeing maybe one car but definitely not two at that time of the morning you know and it probably thought okay lower. yeah the coast is clear i can go ahead and cross the road oh crap here comes exactly right because right. this guy and that's, um, the, that's the look we got. That, that's the exact feeling I got from the look it gave us when it was just dead in the center, dead center in our brights. It, it gave us that old, that old crap look, you know, kind of that classic deer in the headlights, uh, <laughs> you know. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I forgot to get back around to. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely, I would definitely go along with you on that. that that's probably. Um, what it was thinking, you know, or, or the reasoning behind, you know, why it took off and, and, uh, started to cross the road without looking, without looking both ways. I mean, safety first, because obviously, it <laughs> um, I mean, did you get, so you guys saw eye shine. Did you get a look at the, its face? No, and that's the weird thing. Um, and I think this is where I, I just, I, I wish so bad for a daytime sighting. Uh, like this or it doesn't even have to be you know from the car i, I wouldn't mind uh, having one step out in the trail in front of me or something but um it's uh it, it's hard well maybe it's not that hard to explain it's just the the way the the headlights were hitting it it just seemed and that was another indicator of how much hair was on this thing um the just kind of that washed out effect uh from from the bright headlights um, the, I don't know why we couldn't see the face. I think it was just covered in that much hair. Because, um, yeah, there wasn't much detail to get from the face. Uh, it was just lots of lots of hair uh, hanging down uh, with, with that iron. Um, and the, the weird thing, one thing I noticed, and just to kind of explain the the washed out effect. Um, not too long after this, maybe a couple weeks, I was still thinking about how odd it looked. The fur almost looked blurry, um, but I know it wasn't. I know the fur wasn't just blurry for being blurry. There, you know, there was a reason. And so I was playing around with the spotlight out of the campground. Um, a mile or so below this area and I shine the the light up on some cedar trees on, on the uh on the on the hill uh, and when the branches overlap if if you move the if you move the spotlight and just illuminate these branches that are overlapping with uh 
the peripheral edges of the light where it's a little dimmer, you can make out all the detail. You can see all the detail of the branches um, and you can see that there's two branches overlapping. But when I put the branches directly in the uh, middle of the spotlight, the brightest point, they just, they just blurred together. And uh, at that moment, I kind of had a, an aha moment um, of what was happening with, with the hair on this thing and, and the, and the light. Um, and so unfortunately, even though it was, I guess it, it's too, it was too well illuminated. <laughs> um, but we did see an incredible amount of hair. Um, and that's, that's the one thing though, uh, that I kick myself. I mean, I shouldn't kick myself. There's not anything I can do about it, but, um, that's one thing I hate about the sighting is that I, I, I couldn't see the face. And so I'm always envious of people who've had daytime sightings, um, and, uh, they, they, they get a lot of, a lot of detail out of the face, um, just cause the, the lighting's normal, but yeah, it was, it was really strange. <laughs> well, well, how, so I just want to point out to you that if you know that snakes are laying out in the road in the middle of the night. Don't you think Bigfoot knows snakes are laying out in the road in the middle of the night? And those would have to be a good source of food for Bigfoot. So I oh, just so want yeah, you to, I, I, just, I, just, I just want you to think about that the <laughs> next time you're leaned over like, oh my God, we just got the, you know, the zebra striped uh, double rattler uh, with the extra <laughs> long fang and I'm taking a picture of it. And, and there's some there might be somebody over in the berm going, dude, that's my lunch. Would you get out of the get out of the way? So I just I just want to point that out. So so has this has this affected um, you at all to the point where you're like, that, I don't. Okay. I'm sorry, say that again. Uh, I'm saying, is this is this affected you as far as going out in the middle of the night, or has it made you want to go out every night looking for snakes? hoping that you have another encounter um at first it didn't affect me i mean well, at first it affected me as far as that canyon went but it, it no effect out in the in skull valley once we dropped down out of that canyon you know it, it didn't it didn't matter but once you're up in the thickness of those cedar trees and all that that it was a little more a little more creepy um but the the more research I did and the more things I looked into, um, I started to get more comfortable with the idea. And that's why my friend and I went back out in, in December. Um, he still wasn't quite up to the task. Uh, I, I couldn't get him out of the car um, at, uh, at one point. Um, there were some weird noises off to one side that can't really identify uh, some might've just been a raccoon. Um, it was just kind of that, that chittering noise, but, um, that kind of got him stuck in the car. He wouldn't get out. And, and then I almost got him. He was halfway out and he was kind of leaning halfway out. I almost was going to get him out to go, uh, go, uh, hike around. But, but unfortunately there was too much snow and he wore tennis shoes. Um, even I told him we were going to go, you know, with, or hiking to, to do some of this and i was at least going to get him to get out a little out of the car at least and we got a response call um after i did one of the calls and you know 
my recording um, wasn't very good. I, I haven't been able to figure out how to clean it up. It, it just wasn't a good microphone, but it was identical to a response call they got in uh, uh, season one of uh, yeah season one of Finding Bigfoot. They were in Logan, Utah, and I believe it was winter as well. And this return call they got and that's where i'd heard it before and so then i when i did a kind of siren like call out there we got a similar call and that's how i recognized this because i i don't i'd seen that episode only a few weeks before that um and so that's the the best way to hear it is just yeah go to that episode um it's the holy holy cow holy cow it's a bigfoot episode the picture for the episode has Bobo on a on a snowmobile. Um, oh, jeez! <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's it, that took place in Logan, Utah, in 2012, and they got a pretty good response call. And I got the exact same thing out in this area in the oh, Rush Valley is the closest name to that. You go through Rush Valley just before going into this canyon. Now, have you, did you, is there um, research that you've done on this area to see if there's other sightings and, and, and stuff or not? Have you, I mean, because I mean, having talked to you a couple of times, you seem like a pretty studious person and I like the kind of guy would probably like, okay, let's, you know, let's find out what else has been happening out here. Um, I haven't gone talking to people cause I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start. And a lot of the people out in that area aren't going to talk about it probably cause they're farmers and, uh, stuff like that. They just don't seem like they'll be receptive to, um, opening, but I have talked to other people by happen chance. I guess it's just a matter of luck. I mean, there was one time I was out there and, um, my mom wanted to see the uh, the area out there, and plus there were some historical sites um, out in that area that she wanted to go to. Um, so I, I drove her out there, and I, I was down off the road the direction that this thing went, um, and I was just trying to see if I could find any, any prints or anything that I could mark and come back with some plaster and stuff. But while I was down there, a car stopped to ask if she was okay because she was standing up on the side of the road. And she, uh, I'm sitting here shaking my, my head because I, I didn't want her telling people what I'm doing. But the lady said, are you okay? She, she says, oh, yeah, I'm fine. My, my, my son saw a Sasquatch right here, and he's down there looking for tracks. <laughs> I'm down in the trees just shaking my head like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, making me sound like a crazy person. But um, yeah, Jordan, you, know, you do realize who you're, I out, you're out looking for snakes on the road, right? <laughs> okay. So I, I got I gotta think somebody's gonna be like, if you, what's your son doing on his hands and knees? Well, he saw a snake. He's looking for skin. Uh, <laughs> say, what? <laughs> okay, so this person stops and asks. That's like the normal side of crazy, I guess. Um, I guess, I guess. <laughs> and and so my mom tells this lady, I, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, you know, oh boy, here it comes, here comes the response or something. And then I, I about fell over when I heard the lady say, oh, yeah, 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 this is a pretty squatchy area. I said, what? <laughs> I said, you're thinking, that's not what I expected to hear. 
Pretty um, squatchy, pretty squatchy area. Okay. Well, that's a pretty specific term to use too. Uh, yeah. So that that tells me that people have seen something in that area before, but nobody's really talked about it. Um, and and then to fast forward a little bit, uh, I was preparing for a, a backpacking trip in those same mountains, uh, just a couple miles north of where I had the sighting, and at where I used to work, I was working with a a guy that just started and he'd spent many years uh, and he still goes up there on horseback with um, family and friends, uh, you know, running cattle. And they were, he was telling me about something. I just kind of poked him proud because it was the same area. And, you know, I, I didn't allude that I was talking about Bigfoot at all. I, I just asked him, I said, Hey, have, uh, has anything, you know, weird happened while you've been, You've been up there and, you know, cause I was asking, trying to gauge like a spot to go and backpack to and spend a couple nights. And he, uh, he said, yeah, you know, now, now that you ask, it did have something weird happen up there. Um, and what he described to me was exactly what I've heard in other things that people have described as Sasquatch behavior. And they were, and he showed me and pinned it on my, on my map, on my phone, uh, where they were at, they were kind of in a clearing camping where they had the horses tied up. Um, I guess there was some lone cedar tree or something that they were able to hitch the horses to. And then they were laying out on their bed rolls, just like some good old classic cowboys, you know, and by their campfire. And his friend was asleep already and he's laying there trying to go to sleep. And all of a sudden, um, uh, well, before, before this next part, while he's laying there trying to go to sleep, they're getting rocks thrown at him. Um, and he's trying to wake his friend up and his friend's not waking up just out cold, I guess. And, um, but rocks are being chucked at him. Now this is an area that is not very easy to get to. Um, an area that I'd backpack to, I, I had to get to the closest place I could get, um, that I could still carry my own water in. And, um, have enough water on the way in and then be able to pump water at the lake well where they were at there's no water at all and to carry enough water up that far uh because we we hiked eight miles so it was a 60 mile round trip eight miles up eight miles back and he was even further up um than than that into the stansbury's and 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 then they did it on horseback so super easy for them to get further up and take all the water they need with them. Uh, and so the chances of somebody being up there throwing rocks at them in the middle of the night, uh, you know, just below the, the summit is not very likely. <laughs> and, and then not to mention that after the rock throwing uh, was just this awful screaming, he said, there's just this horrible screaming noise accompanied with branches breaking. Um, and uh, he said, you could tell that they weren't, they weren't small branches. Uh, they, they sounded like good sized branches getting snapped without any effort at all. And um, the, I asked him, I said, did the, did the screaming sound like similar to like a, uh, uh, like a woman screaming? And he said, yeah, exactly. Um, he's like, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. And he, the only thing he could do is he, he said he he moved his bedroll closer to the fire and pulled his rifle closer to him and 
<laughs> just laid there, you know, tried to go into sleep, go, tried to go to sleep, uh, threw a couple more logs on the fire to get it built up a little bigger and hope that would be enough to keep whatever that was away. Um, did his friend ever wake up? No, not even you... through the screaming. Uh, you... Wow. Okay. That's, that's, you know, that's not the first time I've heard that this week that, um, <laughs> that there was a creature screaming it at a, in a campsite at night yeah. where one person heard it and the other people, the other people knew the creature was there, but still didn't hear the screaming. They were awake and knew the, and still didn't hear the screaming. That's, that's uh, kind of why it's just wild to me. Yeah, that is weird. That's wild. Yeah, because, um, I mean, I've heard that kind of, you know, I mean, I know coyotes do that. They'll, you know, they get all worked up and they're killing something. It'll literally sound like a woman being murdered. Not that I know what a woman being murdered sounds like. But <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, yeah. you know, you know, like, and, um, I mean, it's woke me up out of a dead sleep. You know, I don't know how you could lay there, uh, especially outside in a sleeping bag. That would have to be not very comfortable to begin with. You would think you wouldn't be in a in a deep, yeah, you know, deep I, sleep. I can't sleep that well when I when I go camping like that. I just so I, kudos to anybody who can sleep that soundly <laughs> camping. I I can't. I don't know if my body just stays on high alert and. But that's just uh, no, that's a, that's a real cowboy. Do it. Like like you said, that's a real cowboy. Uh, yeah. Did he happen to mention like how were the horses acting? Um, you know, I don't remember if he mentioned anything about the horses. And I, I I didn't think to ask. Um, I'm I'm sure they were. Uh, yeah, I I grew up with horses, and my best guess would be that. The horses are going to be pretty unsettled um, yeah. at this point. They're probably smelling something that that he that they're not smelling, and and then plus those here and that combined with something smelling off. The horses have great senses, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because they, I mean, they can sense how you're feeling. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they just from how you're sitting on them, they can sense uh, different things. So. It's, uh, I'm sure. That's it. I, I, I just want see that's. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's, it's curious, you know, you, you get out there and you start talking to people and that's the best, that's the best kind of evidence you're going to get other than your own. It kind of verifies, you know, what you guys saw, you know, that there is some, something going on if there's something out there, you know, so. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I had forgot that he'd mentioned um, the rock throwing to me. And so I brought it up again with him and, and I, I'd mentioned you know, I got thinking, could it have been a bobcat? And he said, he said, no. You remember, I told you there was rocks being thrown at us. Bobcats can't throw rocks. I said, oh, you're definitely right. Yeah, <laughs> bobcats aren't throwing rocks at you. That's for sure. And yeah, yeah, you're right. They're not. And that's and that is a uh, that is a wild thing because the other thing that people it seems like they get rocks thrown at them, but they never get hit by them. Right. And you'd almost have to purposely not try to hit somebody if you're throwing rock. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> even even right. by mistake, if you were just lobbing rocks in a general direction, you're probably gonna hit somebody. You know. So so um you must have pretty good aim. That's all I can say is I mean if uh especially when you hear about you know if, oh, they could harness that, if they could harness that, they you'd, somebody'd have a really good pitcher. I could just, you know, I know some pitching oh, absolutely. staffs, pitching staffs that could use use guy, <laughs> use somebody with that age. Yeah. Well, there I, I got looking into, uh, and then and then I'll come back to um, my experience up in the the Stansburys um, after talking to him, uh, but go along to go along with what you're saying there's a campsite up a couple campsites up in logan utah that just in 2021 had a spike in reports of um sasquatch activity if if you will and uh, there was even the news um not on i don't think it was on the news but it was just like on the on the website um but the news reported on it kind of a little article and there was rocks getting thrown into people's campsites that were softball sized and larger and they were coming up and over the trees and in uh into the campsites so it's it's pretty amazing that they, they chuck stuff like that up and over trees and not hit anybody 
Yeah, exactly. Or luck. Exactly. And and pick up a go ahead and pick up a rock or a softball sized rock and just chuck it over a tree. Right. Like a twenty yeah, like a twenty foot high tree. Go ahead. I don't it's not as easy as what you think, you know? Mm-mm. So uh so yeah, so it that's 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 some interesting stuff there. So so what so now what else? So then you alluded to something else. Then would you say it? Yeah. That? Yeah. After I was talking to it, um, this coworker, I, I wanted to get up and go to that same area where they camped. But after you know just assessing the the water I would need and the distance to that, it wasn't feasible to get there on to get there on foot. Um, I figured I'd have to just connect with him at some point and you know go on horses with him up there um if, if i want to that bad but I, I figured it doesn't have to be that exact spot so uh i chose a location that was just um a couple miles south of where he had his sighting and it was right next to a lake and uh, uh space in the name of the uh, south willow lake um is what it's called it's about a little over eight thousand feet in elevation um uh, just below the Stansbury summit. And that's where we ended up camping for a couple of nights, my brother-in-law and I, and, um, he, he turned in, he turned in early, um, uh, the second night he wanted to get enough rest for the hike down in the morning. And so I, just before sundown, I did a, uh, I did a few, uh, rock clacks, um, just looking around the area that the, the, the trees really hard to get to. I didn't think wooden knocks made sense. Uh, but there was a lot of rock, and so I, I did a couple of rock clacks, uh, did a couple uh, vocals, and then just before uh, it got completely dark, I did one more um, call or vocal to try to get a response, and then I just went and sat by the fire and waited, um, and just you know, given time for something that's curious about what going on to move on in and check us out and i i'd heard a i heard rocks falling from the cliffs um above us because we're kind of sitting in a bowl and so i I get up from the fire and i walk around and my lights at this point i I was wishing i brought my dad small spotlight but i um i I didn't i I didn't want to take the extra weight i I thought my brand new headlamp petzl headlamp or whatever would have been bright enough to have that kind of distance but it's good it's good bright headlamp just doesn't have the distance that the spotlight has that my dad um lets me borrow but so i got up and i was shining at the the rock wall and between the distance and the smoke i was having a hard time i you know i could make out that it was the rock wall uh, of the cliff and i could see you know some detail but it wasn't i don't think it was bright enough to even pick up ice if anything was up there and so I, I my I'll forget it. I'll just go back and sit by the fire. And, and right as I turn around and I'm heading back to my, my chair by the fire, um, I hear three three taps from the top of the cliff. Just clack, clack, clack. I'm like, okay, well, that's – I know exactly what that is. That, that's not just a rock falling, you know, because you could hear that the, the, the clacking was in one spot. It wasn't, it wasn't like a descending clack, you know, as if you were listening to a rock fall and hit in different – places as it fell this was in one specific spot and then just after i finished the thought 
after hearing clack, 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 you know, because I thought to myself, holy crap, that was a rock clack. Right after I finished that thought, I hear clack, 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 clack. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of rocks just cascaded off of the edge of the cliff and dropped. Um, so it sounded like something was rhythmically beat on the rocks until a bunch broke loose and fell from the, the cliff side. Um, luckily, this was on the other side of the lake, so it wasn't anywhere near us. Um, enough to hear it, and my brother-in-law heard it, and because it woke him up, um, and so that was that was pretty wild. So at that point, that's that's when I called it quits that night. I said, okay, it's. <laughs> I put the fire out and went to bed. I, I figured, you know, that was kind of. Uh, I took that as like a warning, like to shut the heck up, kind of thing, you know kind of ruined our uh our welcome <laughs> uh yeah i would guess so holy smokes i mean i that's the that's the first time i've heard something like that you know like uh um i mean that's a real warning you know oh yeah i can't think of anything else up there that would that could do that and and no no human being is going to be up on on these on these on these cliffs i i can shoot you a picture later of what the that area looked like uh or looks like and being th- there was no moon this night so it was pitch black and there was no lights up there so there wasn't a, a person up there on the stansbury the, the the lower edges of the stansbury summit on those sheer cliffs moving around without lights banging on rocks they'd fall to their death i mean that's just yeah exactly <laughs> you know exactly jeez wow <laughs> but i gotta tell you what you got some nerve man to keep going <laughs> the the desire to uh to know or to experience stuff is 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 i feel like i feel like yoda is great in you son you know great in you myself <laughs> holy smokes so um yeah my that first sighting left me wanting more so i well and i guess it can work two ways right it can either scare you yeah. to death to not want to do something or it can and i mean look how long you've been out looking in the desert for snakes anyway years i'm assuming yeah we've been going out that specific area um for probably at least i have any my my friend who's like 60 he's 64 he's been going out there for 40 years but he, he usually didn't go through this canyon he, he'd become on i-80 um from salt lake like you're going to go out to wendover nevada and then he would turn off of i-80 and go down um that desert uh that desert road uh, but i've only been going out there for about eight um eight years well i think that's long enough though to if you know, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen. It would have happened. You know, you haven't felt mm-hmm. you haven't felt uh, in danger or anything up till now. It's just now you'll be a little more observant. Mm-hmm. Above, Absolutely. above, above where snakes are crawling, you'll be looking around. So what was interesting? <laughs> what was interesting then, though, is then. So when we first talked, um, do you want to share then? what may have been another encounter like way you know hundred you know way a lot farther away from the uh utah desert or whatever 
the oh, yeah. Utah mountains. Um, and once again, we'll blame it on snakes because I think you were out looking for snakes, right? Yep, exactly right. Yeah, we were so, out, out in uh, southern Illinois. Um, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm listening. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, we were in southern Illinois, um, south of Carbondale, uh, Illinois. Where that's where the uh, uh, SIU or whatever the uh, southern southern. Illinois University is. Uh, we were down in uh, um, near Wolf Lake is where we were at. That's where a place called Snake Road is, and um, it's pretty pretty cool area. Uh, so again, the snake theme. We were there looking for snakes, and uh, um, one night I purposefully waited till once it gets to a certain point, it starts getting too too cool at night, and people people leave. Other people will come and. Uh, look for snakes there as well, but they they usually leave before nightfall. Um, and I I purposely stayed about a little past halfway on this 2.5 mile stretch of road so I could walk back in the dark and take an opportunity to do some calls. Uh, because this happens to be not too far from the area where they, um, you know, back in the I think it was the, the 70s or something like that they had the the big muddy, big muddy monster, um, which is just a Sasquatch. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. But that's what they call it in that area. It's the big muddy monster, and so I wanted to do some calls because uh, I mean the big muddy river comes right up um, through the swamps and everywhere next to this road, and I was walking down an area, and there's, there's these bluffs, these cliffs that run along the edge of the road. And that's where the snakes will go to brumate during the winter, and in some spots, it'll dip that, and you just get this great echo, like an amphitheater. And there was an owl back there, um, just vocalizing, and so that got me thinking, oh, this would be this would probably be a great spot to to do a to do a couple whoops or something like that, just some short vocals, and and so I did a couple, and then I did a tree knock, and then um, just kind of tried to walk as quietly as I could. So I, you know, I could hear over the gravel crunching under my feet and, and sort of making my way back to the car. And I get back to the car, my, my friend's waiting there. He, this is the uh, 64 year old guy I was telling you about. He, he's got an eye condition. And so he, he can't see very well at, at, at night. And so he, he didn't want to be walking back that through that road, even with a headlamp. So he was already back at the car waiting. And then I get there and we're, we're talking and as we're standing there talking from pretty close to the area approximately where i did the call we hear just this wild you know it didn't sound like anything that would be in that area it, it was like a it almost sounded ape-like um it, it sounded it was like a, a oh oh but we, we heard that three times, but it was really, really loud. And there's my friend turns to me and he goes, what the heck was that? <laughs> and I, <laughs> I told us, I tell you one thing I think it is. And he, he seemed to, he, he was dead set on, no, oh, that's a, that's a bird. That's a bird. I, I guarantee you that's a bird. And I'm like, I, I don't know of any bird that's got a set of lungs on it like that. And I, you know, I, I know for 
bird sizes, uh, you know, that they've got more surface area in their lungs than, um, than a lot of other animals, but that doesn't mean that they're vocalizing like, like this. It, it, it was not a bird noise. And I mentioned this noise to, uh, you know, I mimicked it the best I could for a couple of people that live in the area and they go to that area all the time. And they were like, that's nothing I've ever heard before. Yeah, wow. they, they couldn't think of anything it could be. They're like, well, it's not mountain lion. It's not a bobcat. It's not this. And I, I got that from several people. And then I even went and combed over audio recordings of different animals in that area. And not a, the closest one that came to it was two bobcats fighting. Um, but that, that, that was only close. It wasn't, it wasn't the same. Um, it was just similar. And so that still wasn't it. And then I, I want to know, I want to know who told me about, Oh, Stan court, Stan Courtney. Did you go check out his, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he have anything? Similar? I did. And there were, yes, he did. Uh, I can't remember which one it was though. Now, um, I think it was one of the Colorado ones. He had some recordings labeled Colorado and that one of those was, uh, uh, uh pretty similar. Um, I want to know who who would be out recording two bobcats fighting. That's who got that record. Had to be a guy looking for poisonous snakes. That's all I can say. It would be the guy out there Probably. recording. <laughs> so, so that's kind of that's kind of wild though to, to to go to Illinois and um and and kind of have a similar you know have some sort of mysterious encounter you know like something that you can't explain for sure you know because because i gotta think yeah you you're if you're been out eight nine years ten years in the in the in the woods uh and you're camping and you're hiking and your buddy's been out there 40 years i mean you do kind of you do know you, uh, you know you may not know everything that's out there but you kind of know some stuff that shouldn't be you know what i'm saying you kind of you kind of get a feel for what should be there you may not know everything that is there but you you, what makes sense or what seems out of place or um you know i mean am i explaining that well enough i don't know but but i think you guys sounds like you have enough experience and you know and you're uh pretty alert in detail i mean you have to be alert to be to find snakes you know, have an uh, yeah. Well, the, the 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 road cruising the road cruising uh, method is kind of the the lazy way of um, finding. Oh, see now you just species. totally. I just talked you up, and and <laughs> how great you're. And now you're like, well, really, we're the we're the we're the surfer dudes of uh, <laughs> of, of snake. You still gotta have an eye for it. Uh, yeah, a lot of people drive down. On that road and don't even realize that they're seeing that there's snakes on the road and they run them over they they have no idea and uh some people don't even know that there's snakes in their area there was one time we were talking to somebody in illinois on a another year we went and um she told the guy i usually go with she said she said hon there ain't no snakes here <laughs> and he's like don't tell me that i just flew all the way from utah <laughs> oh, wow. well there's plenty of snakes there there's 30 there's 23 species within this one 2.5 mile, 2. mile stretch of road in this conservation area and 
but some people just don't know what's around them. Um, but uh, as far as the Illinois stuff goes, um, I kind of did some research before, and I, I found out that Southern Illinois in 2017 had the highest amount of uh, Sasquatch reports and sightings um, in 2017. And really, I think that be, was. I think that'd surprise a lot of people for sure. Yeah. And so I kind of targeted that area. I mean, that's where we were going anyways. And so I went with a plan to, you know, do some, do some calls and try to try to get something to happen. And, and so that kind of helped, you know, going to kind of a high, um, highly concentrated area, I guess you could call it. It just seems to be a lot of activity. Uh, in that area, because then it's you know it's still kind of unconfirmed, but there was I I got some potential eye shine uh, just outside the lodge in giant in the Giant City State Park there the one night because uh, this eye shine was definitely taller than uh, um, taller than a deer, and it was almost level with where I was standing on a at the base of a hill, and then it dropped off even more down to the forest floor. And so this, whatever I was looking at, was a lot taller than a deer. And um, there just, there just really isn't any bears there right now. They say they're moving, they're on their way back, but um, still, it'd have to you know, be a bear. Deer there, it'd have to be a bear standing on its hind legs if it's way taller than deer. Right. You know what I'm saying? So what's the odds you're gonna, you're just gonna catch a bear standing on its hind legs in the night at night? Yeah, and I'm sitting there shining my light on it, and I've got my wife on a video call at the same time, and I'm asking her, are you seeing this? I she's, and she's saying, yeah, so she's seeing it at the same time, and um, I, I just, I couldn't, all I could get was the eye shine. I, I could not light it up any more than, than that, and, you know, but I could shine the light around it and make out the trees and everything, but whatever hair color this thing had it had to have been darker than the night around it because um, it it seemed darker than than the than the nighttime darkness around it and uh, you know I was at the, the following night I went back to the same area and shine my light about the same distance shine my light I had eyes shine and got thinking oh this this looks more like a deer the eyes are a little wider apart but that was another thing with that the night before the eyes were closer together um and then when i shined the light on the deer i, I could make out the, the the shape of the deer's head i could kind of see the fur color um but not with the thing the night before and I, i've heard that described before with uh when people have had nighttime sightings they've had lights on them they almost just seem darker than they get the eyes shine and they just seem darker than than the darkness <laughs> which is just weird to say but. Yeah, I've heard that. I've I, I've heard that a lot too. You know, so that's um, that's hard to ex. It's hard to explain. You know, I don't I don't quite understand yeah. that. Why? Like, it's almost it's almost absorbing the the light and becoming dark. You know, I don't know, like it's the dark or the lights disappearing into it. So that it and I mean that's it's uh, not an. Un- reasonable explanation because that's literally what happens with some uh like, like my friend's eye condition for example the, the the pigment on the inner 
inner globe of the eye changes and darkens. And that, uh, um, if I'm remembering how he explained it to me, it's that the black spots and everything that are forming in, in the globe of his eye are absorbing the light. So that light's not reflecting and bouncing back, which, you know, helps you see. And, and so, it, uh, you know, darker colors like that can, can do that from what I understand. And, Oh, there you um, go. Well, maybe, maybe that is an explanation for it, you know, for sure. It's just, uh, it's just, that's if I'm remembering what he told me correctly, but. Well, I, I I'm, I'm just going to pretend tell you, like I understand the physics of light. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. Well, look, I'm a mailman. I don't understand the physics of much of anything. Um, but I, I just like to say, you know, like, be careful out there. Now, I don't, since I don't know if your friend will be listening, but maybe you, you take this 64 year old dude out there with you because you know you can outrun him if it all goes down. Is that, is that, is that, is that, like, like I don't have, have to, I have the same line of thinking. I, <laughs> I don't have to outrun the bear or the Bigfoot. I just got to outrun the other guy I'm with. Um, it's going to be faster than him. It's going to be yeah. faster than him. And um, I, I will say, like, the one thing, uh, when we've talked to people who have made calls and uh, the judge who's on here sometimes, he, he, he always point out, like, the scary thing about making calls is you don't know what you're saying. You know, what What are you oh, doing exactly. yeah. making a call? Are you, like, inviting somebody to come fight? Uh, are you inviting somebody to come, you know, you know, you're chal- you know, like it's a challenge or you're announcing your I'm here and uh, you, you know, whatever. I mean, who knows, you know, so that always is that uh, um, always seems like an like a uh, risky thing for me, too. But, you know, that's why you guys are out there looking at chasing snakes. And I'm not because you're you're willing to uh, uh, do some exper- experimental stuff to try to get the answers you seek <laughs> you know i don't know gotta hand it to yeah you, i definitely say don't go alone i i never i never do any of that alone um so i, I think that i think that's a, a big factor uh, if you're gonna go and do calls and stuff like that you know at least yeah. have some one person with you and if you know you can get a little, little group that's great but from my understanding of listening to other things people uh, you know, other people will say that, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, talk to Ronnie, Ronnie LeBlanc from uh, Exhibition Bigfoot. I've, and, um, and then I, I've heard things that, uh, oh shoot, I just spaced his name. Um, he runs a, he has a Bigfoot museum up in, Cliff. in Oregon. He, Cliff. Yeah. 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 Cliff. He, he said, you know, they've both said similar things that, uh, or maybe it was just Cliff I heard it from, but there's times you'll do a call and you won't get any response, but there's, they'll still, they'll ignore the call as far as responding to it, but they'll kind of move in closer to see who's making, you know, making a fuss and making these noises. Um, and so they'll mention that it's important that when you do these calls, just kind of hang tight and be patient and just sit in that area and uh, give, give things a time, a time to come in and, and that's that seemed to work pretty well um, every once in a while for me, but I don't do it alone. 
<laughs> that's uh listen i would have to say that's probably very good uh that's a very good uh rule of thumb don't do don't do that alone um before we jump off here i i know you said you had another little um that's doesn't seem seem to be bigfoot related but just another uh just another uh event or uh, incident in Utah to just make it even scarier to be in Utah. Um, the <laughs> like you want to tell, you want to tell everybody like uh, what else happened out there? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So this is that same road out in Skull Valley. And again, we we're road cruising for snakes and it was just this past summer. Um, now this area is near, uh, if you take this road from I-80, it'll eventually run you right to the army base um the dugway army base and some people depending who you talk to they'll kind of unofficially call it area 52 um i don't know who came up with that but it, it is weird out there there's a lot of weird stuff um a lot of ufo watchers will go out on onto those those peaks out there like uh, desert peak or stansbury peak and uh, they'll do they'll do night watches of the sky and well we were just down driving through the road there doing our road cruising for snakes thing and we i, I tapped my my friend on the shoulder i was driving and i lean over tapping and tell him to look ahead and i said you see that red ball going across the road and this is up in the distance and it's this glowing red ball that appears to be hovering above the road um and it it, it appeared to be like about brake light height but then we weren't seeing any headlights, um, which was, which was weird. Um, and I know some military vehicles, though, you know, they're at their practicing nighttime stuff that they can run dark with just night vision and, and, and drive. But I, I'm not sure that the brake lights are running. <laughs> you know, I, that would kind of defeat the purpose. But, um, but aside from that, here's where it gets kind of, gets kind of weird. I, I don't know of I don't know of any military vehicle that um, can drive through a fence where there's no gate and leave the fence um, completely intact and un, you know not mangled because as we got to this area where we saw this red ball just kind of go across the road uh, for for several miles on this stretch it's just that the fence is close to the road and there's no gates there's no uh, inlets or outlets to get into these fields. Um, it, it's just a fence and the area where the ball, this glowing orb or whatever you want to call it, kind of glided across the road, um, at about, you know, the height of a brake lights on a, on a larger vehicle. Um, it just passed through these fences and then into a, a field and disappeared. So there was nowhere for a vehicle to drive straight across at, at any point. Um, in this area and so it was really baffling kind of cool you know it didn't really freak us out or nothing it was just like what the heck that was weird kind of you know just off-putting i i think you should start wearing a gopro on your head i gotta be honest <laughs> I, I need to <laughs> like i've got one <laughs> I, i'm surprised you don't have like a um a, a dash dash cam or something i you do know? i have a nice one but guess where it's at it's still in this box <laughs> oh my gosh are you serious 
serious? Yeah, after the Sasquatch sighting, I went out and got one, and I meant to have it in my car before this road cruising season. And now here we are, almost back in the, we're pretty much back in the winter in Utah now. And, and uh, yeah, that I didn't ever get that dash cam set up for the road cruising season. So, well, since, since, since there's no road cruising season right now, then go out there till, you know, two in the morning and hook it up, <laughs> get it hooked up. You know, I almost, no I'm kidding. Think, I need to have it read. <laughs> well, I almost think people need one facing backwards too. You know, in the back window would almost because I wonder how just like uh, like you thought that thing waited and crossed until the other thing, the other car went by. Um, how many wait until you guys have gone by and then crossed the road, you know, and I don't I'm not oh, sure. sure yeah, I thought about that I, same thing while hiking. Yeah, yeah. And I do know some people that have. Um, I think they're in Area X. Those guys do uh, have GoPros that face backwards on walking sticks and sometimes on their heads because, um, you know, these creatures do seem to know that you're looking at them and they'll hide, you know, they'll hide and wait and pop out. But, uh, yeah, that's interesting, that ball of light. I mean, and, and of course, with you guys being right there by a military base, I mean, how can it not be something, whether it's terrestrial or extraterrestrial, tied to that base, you know? Or maybe it's something extraterrestrial just, you know, checking out the base. Or looking for snakes. Yeah, who maybe is? It's, maybe it's just some aliens looking for snakes. <laughs> like, like we well, there's, there's plenty of weird things around that base, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, there was one was, documentary... What was that? What was the so I think he... Oh, I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt yet. Uh, I, I couldn't tell when you were talking or not. Oh, no, you're right. You're, I, you, I think you, he's cutting out. Yeah, you just broke up a little bit. What, what, was, the, what was the documentary? Oh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I think it was one of the episodes on... Uh, it's just. I think it's just called UFO. It's on yeah. Discovery Plus, I think. And there's one episode where... They're talking to a guy near Dugway, Utah, and he shows a picture that he took. Um, he was just outside of his trailer, and it took a picture of a red beam shooting up from the ground from the base uh, out there at Dugway. And he he said when the beam went up or whatever, it uh, three three lights descended out of the sky around the beam, and then once the when when the beam went back down or finished or whatever, it, it fired a couple more times up into the sky, and then the lights shot back up, you know, into the atmosphere, just kind of just gone. It seemed like UFOs or whatever. And we uh, last year, uh, my wife and I saw that same thing. Um, not too long after I'd seen that documentary, uh, and uh, yeah, it's just a, a, a red red beam just from the ground straight up but we didn't see any lights come out of the sky but um just a just a red beam now that's just something whatever the base is doing uh yeah like a signal like a signal but that's just weird i mean yeah it was cool to see but it's just like what are they doing (laughs) 
Yeah, like, what are you signaling? Like, am I supposed to be here? You're not signaling? Yeah, I don't know. And I'll tell you what, you just you just have told me some stuff about Utah that makes me glad I made it out alive. You know, that's all I can say is. <laughs> but I, it's such a beautiful place, but I can tell, you know, if you get out in there, it's it's got a, it's a lonely, desolate place, and you really got to know what you're doing, for sure. Absolutely. Well, well Jordan, I'm, back, I, back out here uh, this way, I'll, I'll happily take you out to that those areas. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, if we do, I will definitely, I'll definitely be giving you a call because uh, you know I, 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 I've heard from a couple other people from Utah. We had Alec, Alex on from, from there, and uh, I, I know there's some places uh, she'd, she'd like to show us, too. So I, it might be worth the trip back out just to do some uh, checking out sure. some yeah. par, paranormal hotspots just for the fun of it. I mean, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. If I, if I didn't have to fly, that's the part I, you know, if I didn't have to fly to go out and, and look at aliens and Bigfoot and poisonous snakes, you know. That's the that's the hardest part. It's <laughs> flying, so. But oh, uh, yeah. But I hey, I appreciate you reaching out and uh, share, coming on and sharing sharing these experiences, and I'd love to hear from more people from Utah that had uh, in those in that area that you were talking about. Um, you know, if there was any more experience, especially around that military base, that would be cool too to hear some stuff. Uh, from Dugway, if there was uh, any more people that eyewitnesses that had seen, I'm some. sure there's plenty. It's just matter of finding them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it almost part. it almost seems like it's matter of fact out there that you expect to to see something a little crazy. So, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. There sounds like there's something going on. So, yeah, be careful out there uh, looking for snakes and uh, get that dash cam hooked up. Because we, because <laughs> because that would be that you would that'd, get it done. yeah that'd be awesome to see some of that stuff. So, but uh, yeah, Jordan, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I hope everybody enjoys. I appreciate uh, you having me. Thank you so much. Yeah, hope everybody enjoys this as much as uh, as much as I did. So I almost feel bad that Jason's working and I'm not. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan. Well, yeah, he take... missed out. Hopefully, he'll get to listen to it later. <laughs> All right, well, be safe out there, Jordan. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs> God only knows what's hiding in our As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.